Hi, I'm Richard Bond, and I am the producer and director of the Tupac Assassination movies. Over the last 12 years, I have learned a lot about Tupac, and I'd like to share with you what I know. Hey everybody, it's RJ Bond here, and I wanted to welcome you to another episode of What I Know. RJ Bond, What I Know, it's the show, and uh, tell your friends, tell your family, listen up. I mean, what else have you got to do? You're sitting around on a coronavirus lockdown. Hopefully we'll get out of this pretty soon. We can go back to doing all the knucklehead things that we were doing before. But in the meantime, though, I want to get something out to you because I owed you another show, and uh, this show we're going to talk to Napoleon, who was... Malcolm Beale was, or, I'm sorry, Muta Beale was his name. And he was one of the members of the Outlaws, which is Tupac's group. Now, he just did another interview with another channel and uh, recently, and uh, I thought it was important that we get out exactly what it was that he told us. So uh, I'm going to give a little bit of an intro based on the live show that we did the other night, and then we're going to go ahead and roll the interview that was done with Napoleon. All right. So Yeezy said, RJ, do you see the interview that Napoleon did yesterday? He said that he confronted Snoop after Tupac died in front of Shogun Death Row and told him he betrayed Pac and he confirmed Snoop lies on Pac today. Well, yeah. Malcolm Greenwich and Katari were the ones who Frank and I met with in Atlanta. Napoleon was the one that Frank and I met with down in Inglewood, and we did an interview with him down in Inglewood, and I got to talk to him for a good long time, both on the record, off the record, on the telephone and that. So yes, I have talked to all of them personally. I have not seen Napoleon. He's one of the few that I have not seen him change his story. I've seen others that have changed their story. Napoleon does not change his story. In fact, Napoleon just didn't want to talk about it. But I have not seen Napoleon change his story um, at all uh, in, in terms of, of of what he said. And so what he's saying there uh, about confronting Snoop and all that, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. In fact, that's kind of congruent with what he said many, many years ago and didn't want to talk about and kind of didn't want to just kind of veer away from it. So it's nice to see that these people are actually starting to address the issue again, because for a long time, nobody wanted to talk about it. And that makes it very hard to get to the bottom of things when nobody wants to talk about shit. So that's, that's really what it, what it is there too. Okay. Now, um, here's what I'd like you to do. If mm -hmm. you don't mind. And like I said, tell me whatever you're comfortable with talking about. It's yeah. good by me. Okay. Um, tell me about, Tell me about Pac, like how you met him or how you guys yeah. got involved. And, and then I'd like to talk a little bit about just some of, you know, just some of his real good qualities, just, you yeah. know, and, and, and what he may have done to help you along the way. Or, I okay. mean, that was 10 years ago. You were young. Yeah, you know? yeah, so, okay. Okay, so whenever you're ready. This, I'm ready. You ready? Yeah, I'm done. I'm ready. I'm My name is Napoleon, former member of the Outlaws, the Tupac Outlaws. Yeah, I met Pac through Gaddafi, <clears throat> who was a half-brother of Pac. And me and Gaddafi, we was childhood friends. His mother and one of my cousins and aunts, they knew each other, so we used to hang around each other when it's, when the birthdays and things like that come around. Back in the day when I used to celebrate birthdays, we used to be together and celebrate it with each other. And um, I didn't see Gaddafi in some years. As I grew up to be a teenager, he grew up to be a teenager. When I ran back into his mother, 
she was telling me that he was a rapper now. And this is a time when I started doing rap music myself and I was writing. And she was telling me he was doing music now and his brother's pop and they come into New York so they wanted to introduce me to him. And then, you know, when he came to New York, I went over there from Jersey, being that I was from New Jersey. And when I met Pop, man, he was a good brother, you know what I mean? From from the door, I seen good in a brother when he walked in the room. So, And ever since then, eventually I moved to Atlanta with him and that's how I joined the group. This is done. Okay, no problem. Here, actually, put huh? those on. You, you hear what I hear? Oh man, yeah. <laughs> this, man, this is a good mic. That's what I hear. A good mic. <laughs> okay, all right, go ahead, better. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So you know, eventually I moved down to Atlanta with him, and that's when I joined the group. We started off, I think, Young Thugs. Then we went to Dramacidal. Then we've been called. We turned to the Outlaws. So it was from Gaddafi that I introduced. That he introduced me to Tupac. All right, go ahead and uh, we're gonna talk about a little bit, you know, kind of what happened. The focus of this documentary is more like kind of what's happened since all that and, and yeah. some follow-up really, you know, and and, yeah. and I'm gonna ask you a couple questions. And, and like I said, yeah. if you don't wanna talk about it, man, that's okay. Yeah, that's no cool. problem, no all right? problem. All right, yeah. but, but, uh, but we're gonna try to get to the heart of, uh, of a couple of different things. So, yeah. you know, it's always about the truth. Okay, okay. no okay. problem. Okay, um, what were, yeah, what were, your, what were your feelings when you, when you heard the news? Because I know you weren't there personally, but what, you yeah. know, what, what was it like for you when, when you heard the news? Yeah, when I first heard that Pac got shot in, um, in Vegas, it was, it was devastated. You know, it was one of them things where I said again, and um, when I went to Vegas and I seen the, the condition that he was in, that's what I knew it was. Again, do you mind? I'm no, sorry. no problem, no problem. I have Fred Frank jump out, stop cars, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Go ahead. Yeah, when I heard the news, it was devastated, you know? And when I went to Vegas and I saw the condition he was really in, that, that made it that, that made it worse. Just seeing him laying in the hospital bed the way he was, I kind of figured that he was in a bad state. And that was just like anybody else that I got love for and that I love that get get hurt, you know what I mean? Because Pac took me when I was 16 years old. He was like a big brother. I always tell the people he's like a big brother to me or a father figure to me. So to hear the news that a person that you love that did so much good for you got shot, that was hard, you know? That was hard, but okay. okay no. well, we had this problem. Actually, I did a feature movie, and we had this problem all the time when we're shooting outside planes. Yeah. Just stop. Oh man, man, man. That's why movies take three months to do. You know, yeah. you can't stop the planes. Now, let me ask you a question because it makes me think for a minute. You know, yeah. if Pac had been shot five times before, you know, yeah. was there any thought when you saw he was in a bad way? Was there any thought that that you know maybe he might? He might recover, or did you just think, you know, you saw him and you, you know what, he, this, you know, this ride went as far as it was going to go? To be honest, when I first seen him, when I first heard about it, I thought that he was going to recover. But when I seen him, to be honest, he was in a, he, he looked like he was in a bad state, you know? So, when I seen him in the hospital, and I'm the type of guy that I just, even back then, I tried to leave everything in the hands of God. You never know. Well, yeah, you know, we're we'll talk about we're we'll talk about a little bit about kind of what was going on around the time too, a little narrative, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, you know, if you remember anything about Machiavelli Records or, or anything that you guys were looking at doing with Pac as far yeah. as you know, getting out, striking out his own. Can you talk about that at all? As soon as his cars go by. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> all right. Excellent. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I remember Park was going to start his own record label, Machiavelli Records, and I don't know if it was going to be distributed through Death Row Records or he was going to do it on his own, but it was a label that he was working on, and we was going to, Outlaws, we was going to sign with that label. 
Machiavelli Records. That was a done deal. Was that before he went to New York? Do you remember? Um, I went to the MTV Awards. To the MTV Awards. Yeah, it was before. I, before because when he came back, that's when he got shot. So it was before he went to New York that he was thinking about starting Machiavelli Records. But like I said. Um, I think it was, from what I know, I thought it was going to be a distribution label through Death Row Records, you know? But it was going to be more of his own record label. You know, did, did Pac say anything to you about being tired of working with Death Row? I mean, did he, did he come out and just say, you know, I'm sick of this shit, you know, basically? I mean, other than normal complaining, because, you know, everybody complains. Yeah, to be honest, I never heard him say he was tired of working with Death Row, to be honest, you know? Yeah. I don't know if he said it or not. A lot, a lot, God knows best, but I didn't, I, I never heard him say it, you know? Yeah. Let's see. Um, okay, you hung out a lot with the bodyguards at the time, right? Yeah. You know, they were there kind of a necessary evil. Um, <laughs> without him, and you be honest, we don't care if you're standing here or not. Yeah. What was your overall impression of the relationship between the artists and the bodyguards? To be honest with the artists and the bodyguard, I, I really don't know too much. I do know that Pac and Frank had a good relationship, you know what I mean? That's, I can't really talk too much about any bodyguards. I know we was more with Frank more than any other bodyguard. So we know it was more of, um, it was a good, definitely a good, good relationship between us and Frank. Kevin was cool, he, he, but it was different between the relationship between us and people like Frank, you know what I mean? We was more like kicking it like homeboys. With Kevin, it probably was more of real serious, more on the business. Even though I'm not saying that the you know the bodyguards wasn't about their business, but some bodyguards we had more of a cool relationship with, homeboy relationship, and some of them it was just strictly be careful what we say around this person and be careful what we do around this bodyguard. You know what I mean? Yeah, we always heard stories about Pac trying to shake the bodyguards. He'd get up in the car and he'd just go. Yeah, just yeah. Trying to shake them. Is that? I mean, is that true? Does that? I mean, yeah, that's true. You got I a remember. story about that? Do you know anything about that? Yeah, I'm story? Yeah, it's plenty of times he tried to shake the bodyguards. I remember that. That's true, definitely. You know what? Well, you know, it is what it is. It's ambient noise. It is what it is. So yeah. As long as we hear what you have to say, I can try to trim down most of the background. Okay, stuff, so. okay. No problem. Yeah, I'll work it out in the mix, so to yeah. say. You know? Okay. Yeah, no problem, no problem. I guess that's the way they have studios. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd all be freestyling in our front yard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, all, all right. right. Um, okay. Um, shake the bodyguards. Yeah, yeah, you were going to tell a story about shaking yeah, the bodyguards. Yeah, I think, I remember, I do recall now that you guys just reminded me that he did just try to shake the bodyguards, you know? Because Pac wasn't really, like I said, he wasn't really into that. I don't think he ever felt like he really needed a bodyguard. You know, he wasn't one of the rappers that every time he walked out the door, he wanted to wait till a bodyguard was around or he afraid, was afraid. It's plenty of times he was alone without a bodyguard. We walked in the malls without bodyguards. Pac was that type of guy, you know. He wasn't always relying on a bodyguard. He wasn't like that. Yeah, so he so he get in his car and he would yeah shake if he want to leave the bodyguard ain't ready he I think it was more death row assigned it to him he wasn't asking for no bodyguard to be honest with you you know Is that why he didn't wear his vest a lot yeah he didn't he didn't wear a vest he wasn't tripping off of that man I think even now that I think about it we all believe back then too whatever's gonna happen gonna happen you know what I mean a vest ain't gonna stop you when it's time for you to die it's, it was written it's gonna happen you know that's true yeah um Okay, here's, here's one you can freestyle. I know you're going to silly industry changed I mean the rap music industry and do you think that 
that have been a place for pot in this in the industry as it is um to be honest with you i don't even listen to music no more i didn't listen to music for about two years now mm -hmm. i don't even know what's going on in the music industry to be honest with you but before i left i do i could recall that the music industry was going nuts it was more fake now and it's all it wasn't where it was when we was around you know what i mean it wasn't it wasn't there man it's more it definitely changed, you know what I mean? And I can't say, I don't know where Pac would be at right now, and only God knows. But being that if you look at him, his music that he did now, that's still selling now, that he did 10 years ago, it lets you know he probably still would have been ahead of most of these cats. And God knows best because the music that he putting out now, he been recorded it, and it's still selling platinum, you know? So if he was here, I'd probably say God knows best. I hate to say if he was here because it was written that he not here, but I think he, he was ahead of his time, you know? He's ahead of his time. Um, to be the about, about writing, I wouldn't know who who's who's like Park when it comes to writing. You know what I mean? I wouldn't know, but I think it from before I left. I don't think it's not one rapper that don't have something of Park in them. I think I don't know one rapper right now that's selling millions of records that don't they ain't take nothing from Park. You know what I mean? Even if they even if they say they did, they took something from Park. You know, he he influenced the rap industry as a whole, especially from the ones that's coming from the inner city. You know what I mean? That's claiming even from the way they tell their stories and things like that or how they feel, how they try to explain their pain that they went through and childhood pain and things like that, they took it from Tupac, you know? But I don't think there's nobody out there when it comes to talent that can match him. I can be honest with that. Pac was a funny dude. I can't recall one thing because I just remember plenty of days and nights that he had us laughing, you know what I mean? Plenty of days and nights, the brother, he kept the smile on us, we kept joking. He was one of them guys that had a personality that he wasn't always serious, you know what I mean? He could be going through the worst things in court and things like that, facing the worst things in his world, but he always kept a smile on his face. He always, you know, he always kept us laughing, you know what I mean? So he did have a personality. He was, like the brother said, like Frank said, man, he was a comedian. You know, he was a comedian, man, so he had good personality. And like I said, I tell everybody that asked me a question, Pop, really down to earth, he, he was a good dude. He had good intentions, you know what I mean? It's just that, unfortunately, sometimes in these streets, it can mislead us and have us doing and going the wrong way, you know? Or being around the wrong people can have a, a big effect on us, you know? Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. the, talk about the public Pac versus the private Pac. I mean, you kind of just mentioned a little bit about that. Can you talk yeah. about that for a minute? From the years I know Pac, I don't think it was too much different. You know what I mean? I think sometimes when he he outside in the public, he himself, and sometimes when he in he he's outside or he's in he's in the conclusion, he's with his, he's himself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. From what I seen in Pac, man, he wasn't really too much of a different person. Yeah, genuine. I think I think yeah, I think what he gave the world is what he how he really was. Like Pac said, he never really tried to portray someone he wasn't. He always said, "Look, man, I never had a jail record until I be, had a rap record." You know what I mean? So he let the people know. He just he, he was letting the people know that this, so if the youngsters, they listen, they let it know it ain't really about what the people think it is. You know what I mean? He never portrayed somewhere. He always say the people brought me to this way of life, you know? Okay. Cool. What else we got there? Uh, let's see. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I, I got this. is a good one. Did you guys cut a song, Reincarnation? Yeah. Pac said, my only fear of death is reincarnation. Yeah. Okay. What do you mean by that? I think Park, when he mean by reincarnation, he meant like coming back into this world as something else, which is, um, I think that's because I don't think he really, you know, he wasn't a man of the scriptures and things like that from what I know. So I think he was thinking maybe that if you die, you could come to back. And he said it, he don't want to come back to this world reincarnated. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was his main thing as a squirrel, as a bird, or as something else, or as another human being. Or maybe he didn't want to start over again. Just yeah. working through what he had to work through. Yeah, he always touched up um, in his music. Like you said, he always talked about God. You know what I mean? The thing is, being now that I'm a Muslim, and, um, I see the difference from a lot of people really talking about God, but are they talking about the true God? You know what I mean? Because it, anything can be God. Your passions can be your God. You know what I mean? So I think at that time, Pot just didn't know who his Lord was, but I think he was reaching out, you know what I mean? I think he was reaching out. And um, we never really, we wasn't religious back then. To be honest with you, we wasn't religious. We were just a bunch of knuckleheads. But we had manners and we had morals, you know what I mean? Because we come from family members that was religious and things like that. But, uh, you know, one way, we, you know, we wasn't really religious, to be honest with you, man. Yeah, because some people have their own, you never know, he got they, they could be behind doors, you never know who praying at night and who worshiping God, you know what I mean? You never know. Some people have, that's one of the thing in Islam, we have our personal belief with God. We go straight to God, you know, and we pray to God directly to Him. So if His mother said that, then, you know what I mean? Then that's what she say. I can't argue with the moms. <laughs> when I read the book, when I read Frank's book, and um and just talking to him on the way to the cargo yeah, bar. And from just talking to him about people blaming, see, I, like I said, I'm Muslim, you know what I mean? And we, and, and I believe it's a verse in the Quran where God said that every soul shall taste death. And then it's another verse he said, the death that you are fleeing from will surely catch up to you. We all gonna drop dead and we all gonna get raised up, you know? So I believe, and we believe, and, and I believe there's a lot of traffic. Yeah, I believe there's a lot of traffic too. <laughs> yeah. So basically, man, is when your time coming, your time gonna come. You know, there's no way you're gonna live a second longer. I mean, it's not gonna die a second earlier. It's written the time you're gonna die. So to blame a death on somebody else that has nothing to do with it, that's unheard of, you know what I mean? It's, it's some stuff that you can say, okay, this guy took a gun and murdered this guy, okay, well, he killed him. But to blame the death of somebody that was on the side with Tupac, I tell Frank, you was around with Tupac and you was trying to be his bodyguard. You didn't, you wasn't the one that pulled the trigger, you know? So when you can't save your life, when someone's life is going to get snatched out their soul, when the angel of death come, there's no way that you can tank, you can do nothing. You know what I mean? No one can stop nothing. No one can stop nothing. So and that's just something that's written, man. And I told him never feel hard on yourself or bad upon yourself that you couldn't do more because some stuff is written, man, it's, and it's out of our control. And one of the things I believe, especially in my religion, four things is written. And one of them that's written before a, a kid, a baby come out the wound of their mother is the time and the day they're gonna die or in the land that they're gonna die in. These are stuff only God knows. No one know what land they're gonna die in and no one know the time and the day and the second they're gonna die. So it was his time, you know? Good answer. I like that. Yeah. And the truth too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, let me ask you this. What was yeah. your, what, besides that, you know, you watch it on the news like everybody else, you know, it's like yeah. watching people's courts sometimes, you know. Yeah. Some people get desensitized to things. Yeah. What's been your take on the investigation? I mean, you know, here it's been 10 years yeah. and, and, you know, they're just, they're not really coming up with anything new. Yeah. You can hide certain stuff from everybody on the face of the earth, but you cannot hide nothing from God who sees and knows everything. You know what I mean? I believe God is an all-knower, the all-seer, the most merciful. He sees everything. So even if you see some people wonder, how come this person 
person is a bad person. He just live his life. He do everything bad, but he have millions of dollars. He run around and might kill people. He might sell drugs. He might do everything that you think is wrong, and he might not get his punishment in this life, but it will come in the next life. God is merciful. You know, God is merciful, and he will pay people back. If he don't forgive them, he will pay you back for what you do. So if they don't get him in this life, then he cannot hide from God. Whoever the murderer is, you know, you cannot hide from God. Now, yeah. about the police, you think that they, you think that they, they're ever going to want to, you know, I, the detective said one thing that I really thought was interesting. Yeah. And, and you, maybe you want to touch on this for a minute. You know, he said, you know, do you really want to know who killed Pac or do you want somebody to pay for who killed Pac? You know, the, the justice. Hmm. And, and I know the Quran speaks about that a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but do you, I mean, do you think the police are really trying to look for the guys? Man, I don't think the police really care. To be honest with you, I don't think nobody really cares. And like you said, um, it's it's all about justice. You know what I mean? It's about you. You cannot. God don't care who you are, where you from. He don't like people to take us so unjust or impress someone unjust. We don't care what your religion, whether you're Christian, Muslim, Jew, it doesn't matter, man, it's all about justice. So it's a verse in the Quran where God said, if you take one soul, O son of Adam, if you take one soul unjustly, it's as if you killed the whole humanity. And if you save one life, it's as if you save the whole humanity. So we believe, man, even if, like I said earlier, even if the police and everybody can't do their job, the killer, the murderer, cannot go away from God. God is an all-seer, he knows everything. So it's nothing you can do. If he don't get in in this life, then he get in the next life, you know? So that's why I never, I just leave it like that, you know? I leave it like that, you know? And that's, and you know what? I'm gonna leave it like that because yeah. you could've ended on a better note. Yeah, yeah.
to get my break, it's time to set me free. But yet and still they wanna hate on me. But guess what now, I'm the MVP. This is dedicated to those that said I wouldn't make it out the slums. Now my next goal is to be number one. Cause these niggas here were bubble gum and they double dumb. They only love the bump they come, but they don't wanna see me one on one. Take a look at how far I come, but now it seems my journey has just begun. One, I've been walking down this down road. Third Degree, back at it again, ready to go. One of my favorites of his. Uh, I haven't talked to him for a few days, but uh, he's definitely in our hearts and minds. Friend of the family, friend of our friends, knows my kids, and a very, very talented artist. So, Third Degree, KingThird.com. Check him out. He's on Spotify. He's on all over the place. Go buy a a single from him, will you? For heaven's sakes. Go do that. Got a lot of great music out there. So anyway, so I had a chance to talk with for a minute with uh, Kenny Bogney, and Kenny Bogney is a frequent uh, caller and a frequent contact of ours, and if you know Kenny Bogney, you know that he was Rafael Perez's cellmate during the time that Rafael Perez was incarcerated, and he had a lot to say about the things that Rafael Perez told him, and it's in a book called Prison Secrets. And uh, of course, we've talked many times with Kenny about his, uh, uh, what David Mack told him, he uh, interviewed us, uh, we interviewed him, excuse me, for uh, Assassination 3 Battle for Compton, and he had some very intriguing things to say about what Mack told him and what Perez told him, and I think it was actually Perez that told him, not Mack, so I don't want to get that confused. But at any rate, uh, Kenny talked about actually getting on the uh, podcast and using his time that he has to make phone calls to read sections from his book and then take your questions maybe via live format, maybe being a written format. We're not sure. And so we did that now. That was about a week ago, and they're probably on lockdown because of this coronavirus thing. But at any rate, uh, here's Kenny. I want to give a shout-out to uh, to my son about his mobile ball training. Oh, yeah, uh, what sure. Day would he be able, what day would he be able to get there? Um, well, if, if, if we do it on Tuesday, I'll have it out. I'll have it out Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. Okay. Okay. And then we can also talk about a little something, you know, uh, about the stuff that's going on. This call and or telephone number will be monitored and recorded. We can talk about all that stuff. Yeah, that sounds great, Kenny. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd love that. You know, yeah, I'd love that. That'd be man, great. I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even mind reading a chapter of my book. Yeah, well, you know, I'm happy to do if that. I can start reading the book on, on, on YouTube live. Yep. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Or, uh, you know, and then, and then you can ask me questions about the book, and then the viewers can ask me questions. Yeah, that's actually you know? that's actually not a bad idea at all. Uh, we do a question yeah, and, and answer. We, yeah, you know, for each chapter, and then we can get a following. You know, hopefully, they can, hey, man, you know, this cat was reading this book, and it's pretty cool, you know. 
So uh, I'm going to try to get it out there for us, man. All right. Let's see what we can do. Well, it sounds you good. Know, so look, I'll call you back. I'll call you back Tuesday and let you know what time I'll be able to sign up for. Sounds good, Kenny. You take okay. care, buddy. All right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. You too, man. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. So let the talk begin. Let the uh, conjecture begin. And I'd love to hear more from you. But for now, that's what I know. What I know, Martin Productions Production, copyright 2019. We'll see you next week.